1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
0: Believe. Be
1: reporting journalism, you know, commentating, Uh, what, what kind of, you know, kind of set your soul on fire for it, you know, starting out, you know, going to Boulder for school, for journalism and everything, and how did that all kind of, you know, form and mold to your style and what you're doing
0: now today? That's a good question. Is I I started as a kid going to Bronco games. I grew up in Colorado and just started with a love of football and sports. And uh, my parents had season tickets to the Broncos, so I got to grow up with John Elway. And uh, what better way to root for a team than than uh, to have John Elway as your quarterback and um, Terrell Davis as your running back, and finally get a couple Super Bowl victories in the late '90s. So that was that was pretty cool. And then I played sports. I ran track and cross country and played basketball. And so. That's sort of where the love started. I always had a love for writing, and so I just used to write a lot. And then when I got to the uh, University of Colorado, um, I knew I wanted to be in journalism. I wanted to be in broadcast news, and I took uh, writing courses and also some um, uh, broadcast courses. I, I did both of those at the same time, and um, you know, just really discovered a love for that I could combine it with sports. And I didn't really know that and, and or think about it until I got to college. So I uh, got to color, cover uh, the Buffaloes. Uh, you know, they had a really good football program back then. And, you know, they just kept going from there. Got my first job at a newspaper and worked in a few small, small towns uh, like Odessa, Texas, uh, home of Friday Night Lights where the yeah. book and the movie and all that had had come about from that city. So that was wild covering high school football. There is, it's, you know, as everybody knows, it's a religion in Texas and oh, yeah. um, you know, getting 22,000 fans for to fill that stadium was pretty cool. So, and then I uh, became a columnist at the Los Angeles daily news and, you know, just was able to cover all sorts of uh, sports, a, a Jill of all trades. Uh, they used to call me, I'm sure you're the Jack of all trades. And <laughs> they I call me the Jill of all trades. Cool, yeah. So um <laughs> yeah, so it was neat being able to be versatile and, and cover a lot of sports. And uh, then I moved over to Fox Sports West, where I covered. Uh, I was sideline reporter for uh, the Los Angeles Angels and the Anaheim Ducks, and so that was great. And uh, now I'm a uh, freelancer and free agent, so I do a lot of different things, um, not uh, with one certain company, um, but with a bunch of different companies. And. Uh, during the pandemic, I got to try my uh, hand at play-by-play and color commentary. Uh, I'll be doing that again this weekend for high school football. And so really just uh, able to, you know, try a bunch of different things, and uh, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, freelance, you get to do a ton of different things for a ton of different companies. And you mentioned doing commentary and some play-by-play for high school football as well. Do you – I mean, it's fun. You know, I'm doing high school football high school. right now as well. But, you know, going from college sports to awesome. high school sports – It's a little bit, you know, disciplined in a sense when it comes to the media side and getting, you know, your your info together. Uh, Is that a challenge for you? Yes. Going from, you know, pro sports where it's like, okay, we expect this from high school where it's like, yeah, just come show up. You broadcast the game.
0: It's so, exactly. And it's so easy to prepare or it's a lot easier to prepare for college and uh pro games because you have everything there for you and even some of the high schools some of the top tier high school football games especially like private schools like oaks christian out here and you have you know modern day and all these um you know st john bosco all these teams from california that people nationally uh seem to know and have a good idea about so it's um it's very uh interesting last week i was doing a Uh, color commentary for a couple of schools, um, Monrovia and Los Altos. And I live in LA and there's a million high schools and I didn't know much about either of those programs. So I really just basically got all my information from both of the coaches, um, calling them the week of, uh, you know, spending a lot of time with them. And I was lucky that, uh, you know, they were able to give me anecdotes like, you know, this uh, tailback was nicknamed Leche, which is milk in Spanish. And because they call him that because he's like, you know the delivery guy. He's always consistent. He carries everybody, he carries everything, and I thought that was cute, right? You, you're not going to get that stuff of high school unless you, you know, do as much homework as you can, which again is getting talking to the coaches and/or players. But we're limited to to doing that because of uh, you know COVID and the pandemic, which is totally uh, understandable. So um, you know, the the a play-by-play person for that game showed up having not talked to either you know, the coaches and. I mean, I was like stressed for him because I thought I can't imagine not even having starters or, you know, I always shared all that information with him, but I couldn't imagine showing up to game that unprepared.
1: Kind of touch on that, you know, of being prepared, you know, whether it be at the high school level where it could be much more difficult to find information. You really got to, you know, get to know people and build those relationships, you know, those key, you know, networking opportunities with coaches and stuff, as opposed to the pros or even college where like, they'll go out of your way to make sure you have your stuff because you have to do it right. Who or at what point in time, whether it be at Boulder, Mm -hmm. you know, having your first professional job out of school, did you realize like, this is how I have to prepare and this is what kind of works for me?
0: Uh, I became friends with uh, John Henderson, who was covering the Colorado Buffaloes at the time. Uh, he was covering their basketball and football programs uh, for the Denver Post. Um, and he was he was noticing me taking all these notes, handwritten. He was showing me, like, hey, here's a good way to do running play-by-play of basketball. Uh, be, uh, I knew football, but I did this day. It's from when I was covering uh, high school football in Odessa, Texas. And I still use that show. Yeah, I can't, I'm sure there's for ones, uh, just because that's the way I'm used to. So uh, basically just getting help, asking, uh, um, just always been pretty lucky in that, um, you know, people have helped me along the way and, and asking for for help, uh, you know, whether it's aspiring uh, journalists in sports or news or entertainment or culture or whatever it is, um, you know, seeing how people who are in the industry do it uh, and kind of uh, gathering, you know, stuff you like from a bunch of different people and, and kind of going from there. Oh, my, yeah, 100%. I, I definitely
1: feel as if, and you know better than me, but, you know, the sports industry alone or in media, like everybody's willing to help each other out. You know, like you were kind enough to hop on here with me, as I'm sure people were kind enough to take time out of their day to talk to you at a young age. Like, at what point did you kind of mm-hmm. notice that? Um, in this business and how important was it for you to like think like okay years ahead from now like I'm gonna want to give back and help you know the younger
0: generation in this I always believe in paying it forward I say yes to everybody who wants to I mean first of all talking sports or or talking um, I think that the time you have to start worrying is when nobody cares about you Mm. doing, what are you doing to help others? So me and, and also, also uh, you know, joined a lot of groups, like uh, I've been a a sports group and um, the Association of Women in Sports Media, which is not limited to, to um, and so you would think that there's probably been a lot of women along the way that have helped me, and there have been, but I would say as a whole, probably more men. And I think that's pretty cool. You know, it's, it's not gender based and it's, it's um, you know, you seek out who to um, you know, who to get help from. And, you know, just the other day uh, there was a, a big play in a Dodgers giants game and I was covering the angels game. And I asked Mark, is a former Royals pitcher and uh, he's longtime angels uh, and angels and a uh, longtime angels announcer. And I asked him to explain, um, you know this this uh play and how it cost the Dodgers a game it was when Will S- Will Smith was playing first base for the first time and so he was kind of walking me through like what he didn't do and how he didn't have the experience of the footwork and how he could have made this uh you know catch from a uh awkward throw from uh second base by Trey Turner so anyway just the, the 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 fact that you know I I used to be on the broadcast uh, crew with them uh, for the Angels but um you know still we're, we're friends and that he took the time to kind of explain to me um you know, and who better to, to uh, talk baseball with than, um, you know, people who are so giving their time and, and, and played play the game. That's always uh, oh, yeah. fun as well. Oh, yeah. That, that's
1: always an important factor too. getting that mix of, of journalists and then former players who become analysts. You know, like that's, I, I think, like the perfect recipe to have not only a great conversation on air, but to build those relationships, you know, just at the ballpark every day or at the field or wherever you're at. And on, on that kind of note, when it comes to, again, mm-hmm. like prepping for certain things and getting to know players and building relationships in order to talk about them in a way that they kind of haven't been talked about before on air, how, how important is it for you to like, not only just know, like, of course, the stats and what's going on, whether it be like an injury bug that's been ailing them or anything else regarding their play, but at the same time, getting to know the actual person and their mannerisms
0: and, you know, the things that make them tick. Uh, For me, that's, that's the essence of storytelling. And that's what I love. I I love that more than stats. I mean, you certainly uh, have to, to do the X's and O's, but um, you know, I think some of the most incredible stuff about Mike Trout is uh, you know, his giving nature and all the make a wish that he does and the kids that he meets and, and, you know, those kind of stories uh, to stay with the Mike Trout example. I've also talked to him and written an article about his golf game. Um, He, he and many other athletes who are superstars in their sport don't always love like talking about themselves, self, self and baseball. And he will take and he's a really good golfer as well. So um, I got to do a fun article uh, with him uh, about golf. And of course he already has an ACE because he's, you know, as good as golf almost as he is at baseball. So as we find a lot of athletes are, are good at, uh, you know, other sports too, especially golf. So, uh, for me, that's again, the essence of, of covering sports is, is covering the human. Um, what makes these guys tick? Cause we all, we all love that. we love to know, you know, their nicknames and, uh, you know, how many kids they have and what their hobbies are and, and what their charitable foundations uh, are, how they like, like to give back. Uh, I, I did a story a couple of years ago on a Ducks uh, minor league, uh, hockey player who lives about, uh, maybe a 15 minute drive from uh, Anaheim. Uh, and he lives on a farm. He grew up on a farm. I mean, so I went to the farm with him and I mean, we're talking, um, you know, horses and goats and, and pigs and a million dogs and hairless cats. And I mean, it just, it's cool because like that's what he loves to do when he's away from the rink is, is uh, hang out with his pigs and donkeys and learning their names. And that they like Fruit Loops for snacks. I mean, that's such fun, you know? Oh
1: my god, one hundred percent. You'd never know that unless you got to know them too. Now, how how do you portray that? You know, like telling a story like that on air, in a sense. You know, like trying to at the same time be professional, but at the same time trying to show their real life personalities
0: as opposed to just the player that everybody's used to seeing on television. Well, it's it's harder to do that now during the pandemic for sure. But uh, we did that like pre-pandemic. You know, we. I think you can tell it best by the video uh, you know, taking the, uh, time to, um, you know, be there so you can see him interact with the animals, which is what we did and kind of took a tour of his farm and, and his uh, roller hockey rink. And, uh, you know, so that was just, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, he, uh, you know, you could hear him talk about it and and he's very well-spoken and that would have been fun as well. But the, the best thing about it was, um, you know, actually being there on the farm, being able to show the animals because, you know they really and in, in his interaction. You know, kissing them and petting the goats and the horses. That's that's the the cutest stuff. So again, it's it's very challenging now for everyone to be able to uh, talk to athletes. And um, we don't like in Major League Baseball, for example, we're not in the clubhouse anymore. And boy, that's where you really got a ton of your good stuff. And guys, now when they come off the field after batting practice, you know, all come out at the same time. So you got to try to get one or or two, and you may miss the guy you want to talk to or you know, you may not have as long with them. And it's just, it's just a different setup now. It's, it's more challenging. It's not impossible, but certainly a little bit more challenging. Now,
1: do you think that this is going to be the new norm just because now we know that this right here is an option as opposed to you guys being in the clubhouse or like not even the fact that, you know, COVID's involved, but like five years down the road when it's not an issue, people could just say like, oh, we could just hop on Zoom. Like kids on the East Coast will no longer have snow days because they could just do virtual class, you know? I was having that conversation. Yeah. The other day. I'm like, you're getting robbed of snow days now because teachers are like, all right, let's just hop on Zoom because that's easy and it's
0: accessible and it's efficient. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. And by the way, you said five years down the road. Gosh, I certainly hope this is not going on right? five years down the road. But but I, I agree. It's, it's like companies who have decided... You know, um, their employees I basically are saying like we're going to work from home, remote three days a week or five days a week or whatever it is, and we're finding that people can still do their jobs. But um, definitely, having that interpersonal, you know, person-to-person uh, interaction, uh, you know, at a sporting event is tough. I, you know, I I know certainly that um, our uh, baseball writers' uh, association is certainly going to push to when it's safe to be to be back in the clubhouse because again, that's where. Uh, you know we get that uh, time with with uh, athletes, and um, you know I know that's that's uh, their space as well. But we have that you know hour before the game, an hour after the game, and so now when we're talking to guys post game, it's you know and, and and the teams are good about getting you the starting pitcher and, and somebody who you know if they had the the game winning hit uh, or they made a you know a game ending error or, or anything like that, they're pretty good about getting them. But you may want to talk to a couple other people too, and. And now we're just, you know, able to get the people that are on the Zoom. And so you kind of just have to make do with, with uh, what you're able to get. So um, I really hope that we're back uh, at some point back in the clubhouse and, and back on the field and, and um, you know, where we can get that even going to, you know, taking a, a guy to uh, a school and doing a school visit, um, you know, we're starting to see some of that stuff outdoors, but, um, you know, again, those are where you really get to see guys shine, and, um, you know, men, women and men in terms of, um, you know, reading to kids or, uh, you know, meeting a kid that had uh, emailed them or reached out to them on social media and, you know, being able to see them out in the community. Um, you know, I really hope we're, we're back there soon. I mean, we used to do, uh, at Fox Sports West, which is now valleys. We used to do uh, car rides, um, Uh, you know, where you, you uh, ride to the ballpark with uh, the player uh, and have like a fun car ride conversation. Um, You know, hopefully that kind of stuff is back too, but um, probably not
1: anytime soon. Right. And it kind of hurts both sides of the relationship too, because like if a new reporter can't really do his job and build those relationships with players, he can't really like analyze and talk about them in a way that they want in a sense on the air. And that hurts, you know, the player's relationship with a reporter or a broadcaster, too, because they don't really know each other. They really haven't had that face-to-face human interaction. And it just, it's bad on both sides, bad for both parties, because your relationship's not building and things are just not clicking, you know, on air, which is not a good thing. Yeah.
0: And if you're new, players don't know if they can trust you, right? So you're just asking questions on a Zoom. And and. You know, it's good to always be there and be as consistent as you can, whether you're on Zooms or, or you know, being there and being seen on the field or the game, things, uh, things of that nature. But uh, it certainly is a lot tougher to, uh, to build that trust. And, and I imagine we haven't had the kind of, of features and in-depth stuff that, um, you know, we really could see. There, there's still plenty of it, but probably not to the uh, amount that we, would, that we would normally have. No.
1: And, you know, on the topic of relationships, you know, when it comes to this industry or any industry, really, whether it be business, film, music, sports, whatever, you know, it's important to build connections with people, not only for, you know, benefits, but to build relationships, you know, have to look back on everything and be like, this was well worth it because of the memories and the relationships and everything that I built here in a sense, you know, like everything that you're going to look back on. Who are some of the key relationships that you've had like along your journey that have again, shaped and formed who you are today, whether it be as a
0: reporter, as a person, you know, doing whatever you're doing. Well, I think certainly in the sports world, just whatever beat I'm covering and, uh, you know, it's, that's sometimes been a challenge for me throughout my career too, because I do so many different things. Uh, you know, you kind of pop in at, at, at Dodgers one day and you yeah. know, USC football practice one day and, and, a, Uh, a golf tournament another day. And so you just try and keep up, you know, as best you can. Um, But I think, uh, uh, you know, for example, I I, um, once took a motorcycle ride with uh, Grady Little, the former Dodgers, a while back, a a manager of the Dodgers, Red Sox. Um, And uh, because he used to talk about his motorcycle and and I thought, wow, this major league manager is like riding to the park from Pasadena to Los Angeles on his motorcycle. And so I asked him and, you know, maybe if I had never known him, could I just ask him to, you know, get a ride on his motorcycle? I mean, I don't know if I didn't, you know, know somebody as well or hadn't seen them around right. much. I would probably say no, but he's a, he was a nice guy. So, uh, and that was, you know, what I thought was such a fun feature uh, is a featurey column that I did once just from basically sitting on his motorcycle. And I never said I went with him, but I just basically did the whole story uh, of Grady Little and his day and how it starts with, you know, this coffee shop and, and he loved to get lost in Pasadena. And so, uh, you know, just riding around on his motorcycle. And, and that was freeing for him before he, you know, started the stress of the day, which is, you know, trying to uh, get the Dodgers back to the world series, uh, which is it uh, had evaded so many managers <laughs> that uh, managed there until last, last year when Dave Roberts did it. Um, but, you know, like Dave Roberts, for example, I covered him when he was a player with the Dodgers um, before he got traded to, to the Red Sox and, um, you know so he knows me from from those days um, now that he's managing the Dodgers so just sort of those relationships and then I think you know your relationships in, in, in life um, lead up to being able to know how to develop uh, those relationships so like with your family and and you know the habits that you had like um, you know uh, my mom was my biggest fan in sports and you know I used to write every day when I got home from school with snacks and um, you know, just, just those sort of things, just learning about people. She was so good with people, like everybody, I mean, whether it's, you know, the janitor or the grocery store employee or whoever. And so we learned those skills, um, you know, through other people. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty cool, but you're right. That's just the, it's the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things is not just, you know, X's and O's and stats and, you know, calling balls and strikes. It's, it's, uh, about the people and, and developing those relationships. So. Now, and that, that, that goes over time. Oh, yeah, 100%. It comes with those
1: experiences for sure. And and I guess to kind of put a uh, bow on that, and this will be the last thing I ask you. I know your husband's got to take care of business here in a few seconds, but I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to the relationships that you build, both inside and outside of work, when it all comes together, you got, you know, whether it be play-by-play for high school games, you know, reporting for MLB Network, you know, you got Scout and Seller too as, you know, a side hustle per se. How do you balance right. all this while also, you know, being, you know, part of a family, being a wife, you know, how, how do you kind of, you know, juggle all of this without,
0: and at the same time, you know, keep a level head in a sense. Uh, it's a good question. There's so many, I mean, you face this as well, you know, especially when you're a college, when you've been a college student, I know you graduated recently, but you're a college student and you've got your studies and you've got your your work and your internships and your family. And it's just, it's about time management and I'm not saying I always do it well, but you know, I try to get the, uh, the scout and seller. Um, I do with a lot of, uh, reporters who are in the, also in the baseball business and that's been a lot of fun. It's a clean craft and wine business. So I try and send some of those emails off in the morning and then, uh, you know, I send some sports emails off and I'm always pitching ideas for, um, you know, to, uh, to stations and outlets and, um, you know, then I'll work on preparing for, you know, maybe my game on Saturday and then I'll uh, go cover a game. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, sometimes it's a little uh, crazy and you try, try to stay uh, organized as, as best you can and, and still, you know, work out. And, and uh, um, we have a, a dog as well that uh, got attacked by a Roddy uh, last week. So she's in a cone and crashing around. I'm surprised she hasn't crashed around uh, (laughs) during our Zoom, but again, it's just uh, everybody's balancing a lot of stuff in life, and I will tell you this. I spent a lot less time in the car. In LA, I think it took me almost two hours to get to the Angel game. I'm 60 miles away from Anaheim, uh, from Angel Stadium, uh, excuse me, in Anaheim, Um, so I used to spend a ton of time in the car, and now we do a lot of stuff um, from home. If you're covering the game, you go, of course, but um, you know, I used to be in the spend tons of the time the car so now I feel like I have a little more free time uh Dodger Stadium's a lot closer for me as well so um but it's just uh it's just been an interesting balance and, and COVID has certainly changed uh, changed a lot of it
1: right you live and you learn and you learn something new every day and how to adapt to certain things and keep everything level in a sense you know like it's not always like that like it gets stressful think people cancel things you got to rearrange stuff like stuff happens all the time but I guess you live and you learn from those experiences every day and I could you know again pick your brain about some stuff for like another hour here if I could but I know you got to go wanna and take-
0: we and we can we can do that uh, later of course um, oh, I'm yeah. happy to answer That's- any questions uh, you want um, but uh, this is the the world that we live in now it's shared shared workspace at home right so he uh, is the a Spanish radio uh, radio color analyst so he's got a a Rams video to do they used to go on site uh, to do those during the week and now they do those from home and certainly coverage uh, at SoFi Stadium but uh, you yeah. know uh, other things are done here at home now so it's uh, it's always a balance for, for everyone right? There it is
1: a balance in a relationship balance to work but uh, I'll, I'll let you go I will be in touch soon definitely love
0: to do this again but thanks for being gracious enough to take the time uh, Jill and have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Thanks again for having me, Jack. I certainly appreciate it. And you asked good questions and uh, wishing you well. And you ever have anything you need, questions, uh, need advice, whatever, let me know. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited.